Paul Kemp. I'm here with David Keefe and uh, Matt Kresge. Welcome to day 40 of Shaped by the Word. Those 40 days have flown yeah, by. Have. It has been a, a great joy for us to read together through the Gospel of Luke, and it's also been an encouragement to us uh, to see your responses on the Uversion app and to hear your feedback. Uh, it's fun to read the, the, the gospel in community. And it's more than fun. It's profound to read the gospel in community, to be shaped by the word as a people for God's purposes, you know, here, here in our city. So Luke has masterfully, you know, designed his gospel. He has uh, begun with us, you know, in the far regions of Galilee where Jesus does his ministry and we see his power of healing and his power over the winds and the waves and his ability to take loaves and fishes and to multiply those and so you see the wonderful power of god along with the teaching of god and then there's a turn in the gospel where jesus sets his face the old king james used to say like flint toward the city of jerusalem he sets his eyes on jerusalem and on the road to jerusalem we get some of the richest teaching of the gospel and the call to discipleship about the middle of chapter 19 we find ourselves in the city of jerusalem jesus rides in on a, a foal he turns the temple upside down because it's become everything but a house of prayer for all nations uh, the teachers of the law question his authority they're looking for a way to trap him and that leads us to this parable that jesus tells in the first half of this chapter where he talks about a vineyard and the owner of the vineyard who sends servants to collect from the tenants in the vineyard the fruit of the vineyard and, and they refuse they beat his servants they humiliate his servants they deeply wound his servants and so he sends his son and they they kill the son the son that he loves and uh the pharisees and the teachers of law realize he is talking about them so they try to find a way that they can trap him and that's where we pick up in verse 20 uh, when we read scripture we read scripture uh, to know god to draw close to him to be changed by him transformed by him and uh, we always pause before we read to offer ourselves you know to him and to offer this moment to him so matt do you mind yeah doing that for That's us great. father we thank you that you are a god who speaks through um, your word and, and we do pray um, the, the Father, as we read this uh, together in this time, that you would draw us um, closer to you, um, closer to one another. We thank you for um, the gift of being able to read in community. And we thank, we thank you that you are a God who speaks to us um, through your word, through one another. And we pray uh, as we read this that you would transform us. Um, God, encourage us through these words. Um, thank you for the technology that, that, is, that enables all of this to happen, that even now as we read um, together, we know that we are reading um, in, in a far more um, reaching way than we could ever imagine. And, and so, um, Father, would you do the work that you do through your word? Uh, thank you for this time. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. We're in Luke chapter 20, beginning in verse 20. Keeping a close watch on him, they, and of course that is the teachers of the law and the chief priest, sent spies who pretended to be sincere. They hoped to catch Jesus in something he said so they might hand him over to the power and authority of the governor. So the spies questioned him, Teacher, we know that you speak and teach what is right, and that you do not show partiality but teach the way of God in accordance with truth. Is it right for us to pay taxes to Caesar or not? 
He saw through their duplicity and said to them, Show me a Daenerys, whose image and inscription are on it. Caesar's, they replied. He said to them, Then give back to Caesar what is Caesar's, and to God what is God's. They were unable to trap him in what he had said there in public, and astonished by his answer, they became silent. Some of the Sadducees, who say there is no resurrection, came to Jesus with a question. Teacher, they said, Moses wrote for us that if a man's brother dies and leaves a wife but no children, the man must marry the widow and raise up offspring for his brother. Now there were seven brothers. The first one married a woman and died childless. The second and then the third married her. And in the same way, the seven died, leaving no children. Finally, the woman died too. Now then, at the resurrection, whose wife will she be, since the seven were married to her? Jesus replied, People of this age married and are given in marriage, but those who are considered worthy of taking part in the age to come and in the resurrection from the dead will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They are no longer die, for they are like angels. They are God's children, since they are children of the resurrection. But in the account of the burning bush, even Moses showed that the dead rise, for he calls the Lord the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He is not the God of the dead, but of the living, for to him all are alive. Some of the teachers of the law responded, Well said, teacher. And no one dared to ask him any more questions. Then Jesus said to them, Why is it said that the Messiah is the son of David? David himself declares in the book of Psalms, The Lord said to my Lord, Set at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. David calls him Lord. How then can he be his son? While all the people were listening, Jesus said to his disciples, Beware of the teachers of the law. They like to walk around in flowing robes and love to be greeted with respect in the marketplace and have the most important seats in the synagogue and places of honor at banquets. They devour widows' houses and for a show make lengthy prayers. These men will be punished most severely. Two unsuccessful confrontations with Jesus. Uh, Jesus had an embarrassed them when they asked him, you know, by what authority are you doing these things? And he said, I have a question for you first. Uh, John's baptism, was it from heaven or was it from men? And uh, they had no answer. They knew that either way that they would be, you know, kind of trapped on the horns of, you know, caught on the horns of a dilemma. They tried to do the same thing to Jesus, but deeply unsuccessful. So we have two different groups. We have, you know, the scribes and the Pharisees and the teachers of the law on one hand, and then we have the Sadducees on the other hand. These guys are deeply opposed you know, to each other, but find common ground as we want to embarrass Jesus and have a reason of accusing him you know, before the people. So what are some of the things that stick out as you guys read this passage? It's just so funny that even after they tried to trick him, you know, that some people were astonished by his answer, like, dang, that was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other guys are like, well said, you know, like, yeah. Dang, you know, like they tried to give him the best and they're even impressed with his answers. Which That's right. The Pharisees are really yeah. impressed with what he did to the Sadducees. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you love uh, like Luke's kind of like commentary on it too that, you know, after he answers the Pharisees, they became silent, which was not like them, you know, to, to be silent. And then you get kind of this, and then some of the Sadducees, and you just kind of wonder if the Pharisees are thinking, oh man, good luck, you yeah. know, and finally at the We end, tried. Yeah, well said, teacher. But I mean, just for me, as one of the things that stands out, just the wisdom of Jesus and I know his wisdom stands out to a lot of people. And I mean, maybe to some people say, well, he's just a good teacher, you know, but he's far more than just a good teacher. I mean, we're seeing the wisdom of God on display, the wisdom of Jesus on display. And it, it banks on the fact that he is, he is God. 
you know, I mean, you see that even in the whose son is the Messiah question, where he, you know, he says, why is it said the Messiah is the son of David? David himself declares, you know, that he's, he can't just be a good teacher because part of what he's teaching is that here he is. He's the one who is the son of yeah. David and greater than the son of David. Um, so I, it's just striking to me that, um, I mean, Jesus is, is so wise, even, even being able to, to perceive the intent of the questions and being able to respond, not just to their question, but to respond to the intent as well. And it's also interesting that, you know, they try to jap, you know, trap Jesus in who he is. Yeah. Uh, even though they're being duplicitous and even though they're faking sincerity. Uh, when they come to me, they say, Teacher, we know that you speak and teach what is right and that you do not show partiality, but teach the way of God in accordance, you know, with the truth. So they knew that the one thing, you know, that they could get Jesus on is uh, his fidelity to God and his fidelity to to the truth and so they try to drive a wedge and uh, they try to drive a political wedge mm-hmm. I imagine that happening yeah no one you, ever talks you about know, the church the church dividing over politics interesting but uh, you know here it is Caesar and of course all of uh, all of Israel hated the fact that they were in subjection you know to Caesar and so some said you know we, we shouldn't pay tax to him because he's not even a real king you know he's not our divine appointed you know ruler and of course the Sadducees are saying, of course we should pay taxes to him. We receive, you know, a lot of benefit from him. So you have this answer. You just kind of have this inner squad. And uh, Jesus' answer is absolutely perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, show me a coin. And he said, whose image is on it? And, of course, they they had their, their coins and their currency is courtesy of Rome. And he said, then offer to Rome what is due to Rome, uh, but to God uh, what is due to God. In other words, give back give back that coin with that image and of course even the image itself was a huge insult you know the Jewish people uh, you know that uh, you had a, a human image when the you know the, when people were to be the image you know the, the image of God themselves hmm. yeah, I think that's what I was reading uh, D.A. Carson was saying on that verse you know obviously the coin represented the image of, of Caesar and then us were the image bearers of God and so we as his image bearers are to give him are all and are everything that that's what he's deserving of so even there just that, again like a little bit of a call to discipleship uh, from it Jesus. would have been a deep insult to bring that into the temple and to pay temple taxes with a graven image mm-hmm. I think the next question going on the resurrection I mean I, every time I hear I hear the Sadducees, I always think the the whole phrase, you know, the Sadducees are sad. You see, there is no resurrection. But um, there, there's a Matthew with a biblical pun. Yeah, I, I love, but I love what Jesus does with it. I mean, the Sadducees were just strict. You and know, of course, the Pharisees were never fair. Yeah, you see, <laughs> there you go. Look at two Paul. for two. Yeah, yeah. But the, the Sadducees were just strict observers of the Torah, and and they really didn't want to leave it. And I love their question comes right there from. Here's the teaching of Moses, and so what do you say? And they come up with this, I mean, to us, is it such a strange, you know, this woman has seven husbands. To me, that's a great question. I mean, if you're, you're basing, you know, you're basing it on the law of Moses, you know, what would happen in the law of Moses if, uh, if your brother died and left no children, and you were to take the wife into your family as one of your wives and to bear children for him and they would receive his inheritance Mm -hmm. you know not you know not your inheritance and so you see some of that you know at play 
you know, in, in the book of Ruth, how inheritance is an issue in these, you know, in these, in these marriages. And, uh, you know, it's a great question. You know, if there is a resurrection, mm-hmm. yeah. who in the world is she going to be she going? Yeah. married to? Yeah. She's had seven you know, different husbands, and a, what a sticky situation. Yeah. Seven brothers with uh, one wife. Yeah, and I love Jesus' answer right from you know the Torah. Did you not read that God is not a God of the dead but of the living? You know, that, I mean, he, he doesn't even really, I mean, give con- consideration to, like, let's just let's parse this out, you know, and s- figure out which you know, brother, the, the woman's going to marry, but he, he says, have you, have you not read, you know, the very, the books you seek to observe, they, they say, they remind us that there, there is a resurrection there, that God is a God of the living. Of course you have in Matthew's version and Mark's version, you, you falter because you know, neither the scriptures yeah. nor the power of God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're not applying the scriptures and you do not realize the power of God to raise, you know, to raise the dead. You know, as he has promised, which is about to be demonstrated in a first fruit way, you know, through, you know, you know, through Christ. And then Jesus's, you know, warning against the teachers at the end is a a pretty strong warning. Um, They they love to have these great things and to sit in important places um, and have honor at banquets, but they devour widows' homes and they make a show of lengthy prayers. These men will be punished most severely. Um, just considering kind of we've talked about a lot kind of just that reversal of of the kingdom um, that they can have their good things now Mm -hmm. I guess but one day those would be taken away Um, but the people of God we may not have everything now but we have Christ and, and, and we have the hope that he provides and they've gained their wealth by exploiting you know the the helpless and the weak which uh, we've learned from the gospel of Luke that uh, those are the ones whom God himself champions you know from Mm -hmm. the very prayer or you know song of Mary from the you know from the beginning uh, that you've noticed the humble state of your servant and that uh, you have filled uh, the poor with good things but you've sent the rich away empty so it's been a, a big theme you know through the gospel of Luke and even looking forward, these men are devouring widows' homes, you know, and what's James call us to, to, to care for the mm-hmm. widows. Um, so just a huge distinction yeah. in who these men were trying to represent God and who what it actually does look like right. to yeah. be the people of God. A religion that is pure and faultless as this is to look after orphans and widows and their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. Um, so it, uh, mm-hmm. it is everything uh, they had done neither. Uh, they had taken advantage of widows, and they were caught up in their robes and in the pretense of importance. Uh, they were very, very worldly, and that's you know where they resemble us. We we get caught up in material things and think our importance, you know, comes, you know, in the things that we have and the things we possess and uh, the things that we do and, and our stat we our statuses uh, in all the wrong places, not in our relationship. You know, with the Heavenly Father. Yeah, it, thinks, it makes me think of the verse we read earlier in the week where Jesus reminds them, you know, those who are exalted now will be humbled and those who are humbled yeah, you know, will be exalted. Yeah. And that's the heart of the gospel. So, David, why don't you close us with a word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray. And Father, may we um, seek to live out and to know the heart of the gospel, what, what a beautiful gospel this is. Um, Father, may we not be so caught up in the things of this world and, and the status that we hold and the possessions that we 
we want or, or even have. Um, but Father, may we be caught up in the things that matter to you. Um, Father, may we be those who care for those who are forgotten and those who have um, lived such difficult days here on earth. May we support them and care for them and come alongside them just as you have done for us in Christ Jesus. How you have met us um, when we were poor and you have given us the riches of Christ. And so, Father, may we be found faithful for you and for your kingdom as we make much of Jesus. We pray this all in his name. Amen. Amen.